Hello everyone, I'm Rachel. And I'm Isaac. And you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This podcast is a watch through of Avatar The Last Airbender. We will be discussing each episode in detail and giving our opinions on it. So stick around and be a part of the conversation. Just as a warning, this episode does feature spoilers from Avatar The Last Airbender. This is a teen rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everyone, to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. I am Isaac. And I'm Rachel. And today we will be discussing the beginning of season three of The Last Airbender. Finally, season three. We made it. Duh. We did. It's It's been a journey, but we're here. Also, um, Rachel has some news about a giveaway that will be happening. Um, so stay tuned for the end of the episode to get information on that. Yes, listen all the way through. I have some good information for you guys on how to enter the giveaway, what's included, and all that jazz, but you have to wait till the end of the episode. If that means skipping to the end of the episode, go ahead and do it, or (laughs) you can listen to us and maybe get a few laughs out of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so let's get into it. Um, The beginning of Season 3, Episode 1, is titled The Awakening... I think that's kind of a cool title because it's basically Aang waking up from his, I mean, basically death, Yeah. Right? And just a disclaimer, I, I mean, I always say stuff like this, but I was telling Isaac, these next four episodes are, we're definitely getting into the areas of where it's more kind of, you're, you're seeing more side stories than you are the main storyline. It's kind of some filler. I mean, I feel like it moves the plot along, but a lot of it is filler, um, which I can understand people being upset about if you've, say you've waited for this, like these episodes or season three for so long, and I can understand people being upset because it's kind of like more slow. But as for me and Isaac, as people who've been watching it like episode after episode, it's kind of been nice for us. Honestly, it's been a nice break because it's not so much action and we're getting into some more like interesting um, storylines, I guess you could say. Yeah. And there's still there's still plot going on like with Iroh and Zuko Mm -hmm. while the gang is doing their own thing. So it's not like it's it's just not as heavy as it is as it has been. So it's kind of nice to get that break. But this episode starts off with Aang waking up on a Fire Nation ship, and he's not bald anymore. He has hair, finally. <laughs> Which I told Isaac, I was like, I wonder if he just, like, consistently shaves his head, or what? I think what? he does. I think there was an episode in season one where they were kind of in the water, and I think he was shaving his head. Yeah, I think so. Maybe there was. But Katara informs him that it's been two weeks and that um, they've taken over this Fire Nation ship, made it out of Bossing Say, made it. Ju- they had just made it past um, Serpent's Pass again. So um, that's pretty good for two weeks, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but Aang is kind of like, what the heck is happening? Like, are, does everyone think I'm dead? I feel like I failed them, all these things. And the thing about Aang is... I talked to Rachel about this while we were watching it. He's kind of a runner. He runs away from his problems, which isn't good for an avatar. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes sense. But all It's a lot it's a lot all at once to handle. And I feel like he needs instead of like taking time alone, like going to a room and kind of contemplating on what's been going on, he runs. Yeah. He has to escape. But when he runs, he um, gets advice, I feel like. Like good advice from previous avatars or like spirits or something. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so basically, he runs away, and Roku shows up in a in like this giant storm. And what does he say? He I just forget. tells him like um, he apologizes, saying that he Avatar Roku as the Avatar should have saw that this, this war coming, and that Aang has inherited his I guess like his that's right shortcomings yeah. or or what he's left behind. So he was just apologizing to him. And which was, it was a good moment because Aang's in this very overwhelmed moment and he's like, and he just found out that the world thinks he's dead. And he's kind of embraced this this new uh, Zuko mentality of like, I need to restore my honor. Yeah. And... So it's one of those moments where he gets away, he's in this storm, which I think it's always funny that there's a storm because I think it represents his where his mind is at. And then um, Yue shows up and tells him, like, you can't give up. You saved the world once and you're going to save it again. Which right there is foreshadowing because, I mean, for those who have watched Avatar, we know what happens. So it, I think it's comforting for him to know to get information from these people who are who, who can see into that kind of stuff. And assure him that, hey, you've done it before, you're going to do it again. Things are going to be okay. Even with hard like hardships, there's still going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. I think it was key, though, for Yue to show it because when he saved the world once before, she was part of that. Yeah. So it's like a nice reminder. Like, hey, I'm still here. You saved me and my people. So you need to save everyone else, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And then um, there's just little parts here and there with Zuko... Um, and Azula. And Azula's uh, basically told Fire Lord Ozai, their dad, that Zuko killed the Avatar, even though he didn't. Mm-hmm. Because Azula has this plot. I forget what this whole plot is. For the but sole purpose of putting it on a- on Zuko so that if Aang does show back up, which oh, he right. will, then it will go back to bite Zuko in the butt. Yeah. Oh, and him and May are like making out now. Yeah, I was like, like man, they scene. did not even hesitate to get back together. Yeah. Actually, never knew if they even broke up, and yeah. they just didn't see each other for like three years. Because he's been gone for like three years, hasn't he? Yeah, he said um, he hasn't seen his father in three years. So yeah, him and uh, May are just uh, back doing it again, doing it. I don't want to say it? doing it. <laughs> I, I mean, mean they could be. We don't know, but I'm just saying like we don't they're jump back to together. Conclusions, but. <laughs> So that was that episode. Do you have anything else to say about that episode? Uh, not really. It, um, I mean, we do get an insight into um, Iroh is, um, he's imprisoned and Zuko goes to see him, but he's not replying to Zuko because it's kind of like what, at this point, I feel like Iroh is just, I think he knows what's going to happen because he's very in touch with the spirit realm, but I feel like it, it hurts him because he's been betrayed by his nephew who literally he is taking care of since all of this has happened yeah and he even has tears and you just feel for him because i i I told isaac i just want to slap them because i'm like wow how could you betray iroh like he is the one person that has been there for you but then again it's zuko and he's so mentally unstable at this point that it's just like he's so swayed yes he's many different directions he's very confused what i thought was really sad about iroh is even though he knows the outcome it's still very sad for him to feel that judgment and betrayal from zuko he knows it's going to happen but he just has to deal with it Mm -hmm. and he knows there's a light at the end of the tunnel but it's just like what what do you do in that moment yeah this is someone that he has fostered for more than three years at this point and was actually making him a better person mm-hmm. and for Zuko to just do a complete 180 but 
on him. Also, you know that Zuko still loves him and cares for him and still does want to take his advice. But I think for Iroh, he's doing what he needs to in the moment until Zuko is ready. And I think that hurts him is is having to be patient because although he knows that that's what he needs to do, it's still it's like you were saying, it still hurts him. Yeah. Um, so on to episode two of season three is titled The Head Band. Yes. Woo! Um, I actually like this episode. Like, it was more filler out of any of the episodes, but you do, I liked it. I mean, you do kind of see um, Katara and Aang's relationship kind of develop a little bit more in this episode, too. Because there's some jealousy that goes on and all of that. This one is, I mean, there's not really much to say about this episode. Aang and, because they're they're disguised in um, Fire Nation outfits. And they're, that's their plan is to kind of like be undercover in the Fire Nation. They end up on this island and they get new clothes. Aang ends up going, gets put into school because he's wearing a Fire Nation yeah, the uniform. School, the school uniform, or the uniform that he stole happened to be a school uniform. Yeah, so then it's just him experiencing school life, which I don't think he really got to experience before. And like he said in this episode, he tells Katara and Sokka, he's like, you know, you've, you guys have had this moment. You were able to be kids. I wasn't, so I want to have this moment. Like, I want to enjoy myself. So you understand where he's coming from. But you can also understand the fact oh, we, that the time is like, ticking. We're for... trying to save the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's a good... I, I feel like it's a good kind of, like, lighthearted episode. You know, you get to see a little bit of the character let loose. I characters. really like that he was... Because it's not just school, it's Fire Nation school, which I feel like out of all of them... I mean, I haven't seen all of the schools, but I feel like out of all of them, Fire Nation school is very strict. Well, and you get an insight, too, uh, of what it's like to grow up in the Fire Nation. You can't dance. Their history is total lies, which, I mean, that's... Obvious. Obvious, but... but uh, it's just crazy that's being hammered into the kids' minds. Yeah, they're, they're not... They're basically being brainwashed. They're not able to think for themselves. And when Aang tries to encourage them to think for themselves, even they themselves are like, we can't do this. This isn't right. Um, I mean, they still end up like dancing and having their little dance party, but it's just sad. Yeah. Even when Aang shows up, the teacher's like, are you ready to get your mind melded? And he sits down and he's like, mind melded or something like that. So he knows that he's going into a very not so... Uh, truthful environment, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows what's going to happen. Um, can we talk about that bully? Oh, my God. Okay, so Aang starts to become, like, acquaintances with this girl in the class, and she's actually giving him, like, um, Who small is- signals to be like, hey, do this to, like, be formal to the teacher so you don't get in trouble, and all these different things. Like, she's helping him through it all, and they're just, like, becoming friends, right? And then, I guess it's, like, recess comes along, and this kid, he looks like a man-child. He's like, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> Anyone else seen that, like, five-foot baby on TikTok? Yeah, it looks like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that's my girlfriend. Don't show her any moves. And it's like, yeah, what? You're just like, this is ridiculous. This is cringy. It's cringy. cringy. Yeah, it's like... Cringy school drama, but... Thanks to him, he's the one who gets their party busted. He's literally the cause of everything negative in the oh, episode. Just the so worst So you kid. just come... It's one of those characters that you easily come to hate in just about a five-minute span of watching the episode. I mean, for me, it was like two seconds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you... There could be moments where someone's gonna, like, you know, yeah, redeem themselves, yeah, but this true. character didn't. I mean, obviously, why does it matter? This person... This, this guy's... Gonna go, and I think we need to have a side character. Talk. 
little bench with a uh, baby hope on it and this guy where they're not in they're not in the episode longer than like an episode or two but they made a big enough impact on us to where we were either annoyed or felt something <laughs> towards felt them hope. i was gonna say i don't know how i feel towards baby hope so yeah. i can't say i was annoyed by first of all uh is it a boy or a girl they never identified if it was a boy I'm or a girl assuming... because ira was like what a handsome baby and they never corrected him remember yeah, that that's true so, I, I mean... It's Baby Hope. Baby Hope. Yep. Um, I really like that Aang was able to show these kids that there is different creative outlets for them. It's not just sitting in school, sitting in class, and being bored, being taught lies. Like, you can find different ways to be creative and have fun and not be so bored. Yeah. Um, but, of course... That kid shows up and is like, it's them, they're having a party. But I think those kids at the end of the day are going to remember that. Yeah, it's like Aang said, this is going to be the generation that grows up to live and be a part of the Fire Nation. So we need to help them now so that in the future they can help others and release a more positive vibe into the Avatar universe. And that's exactly what the Avatar should be doing. Like, that's very Avatar-like of Aang. Yeah, definitely. So that was that episode. Um, Oh, also, Aang changed his name to Kuzan. Oh, and then Katara (laughs) and and Sokka. Oh, yeah. Katara Sapphire Fire. Yeah, they pretended to be um, Aang's parents. parents. Um, What else happened? I think that was pretty much it. Everything we described. Was there anything, like, on the Zuko Iroh timeline that happened? Oh, there was. That's when he starts to really go and see him in the um, prison cell. Yeah. He starts to kind of more visit with them. And Iroh is still not replying to him. But towards the end of it, you see that um, Iroh is pretending to be psycho so that they don't think anything's going on because he's actually training his body. He's like getting fit for what's to come because he knows he's going to have to get out of there. Something's got to get. Yeah, he's secretly training and like buffing himself up but pretending to be psycho, which is actually very, very smart. Yeah. Um, On to episode three. It is titled The Painted Lady. Ooh. This episode going into it, um, I wasn't sure what to think. Um, I did dismiss it as filler, but watching it now, I actually really liked it. I still feel, I feel the same way I did before. I mean, it's an episode to watch and be like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. But it didn't, like, really pull on my heartstrings or do anything to... For, for me, that made the plotline progress. Yeah. Um, it's basically, they go to this Fire Nation village, and it's actually in the middle of the water, um, in, like, this docking bay area, and it's polluted majorly by a factory. So these people are basically gonna die from pollution and diseases and stuff like that, so Katara notices that, and she just wants to help them, so she's like, we should stay here, like, at least one more day and see what we can do, so they do that. Turns out, Katara faked Appa being sick by feeding him berries to make it look like his tongue is purple so she could be the painted lady at night which is like this spirit that the town worships so that she could give them fresh food and supplies Mm -hmm. which is nice of her i understand where she's coming from but at the same time it's like Sokka said it himself once she's gone what are they gonna have you know because they've already waited along that waited around this long and done nothing and then someone shows up and yeah they have a few days of prosperity and happiness but then when she leaves what's gonna happen and i think she started to realize that as well the theme of this episode is basically you can't wait around for someone to save you yeah you have to be your own savior in a lot of cases and i think i said this multiple times this episode seemed to last forever yeah it was the lo- <laughs> by far the longest episode of any of the seasons any episodes 
and it was weird. It's not like I sat there and was like, can this be done already? Yeah, it was just... But you're watching it, and you're like, man, this feels like it's lasted at least, like, 45 minutes. I think it because it... Because it literally took place in one area, mm-hmm. and there was multiple different scene changes. They were there for, like, what, four days at least? Yeah. So, I think that's why it felt kind of, like, a lot, but... One moment I really did like uh, was between Katara and Sokka, because you have Katara's very motherly spirit who just wants to help people, and you have Sokka who, who wants to help people, but is also more logical and strategic. And so, Sokka and Katara in an argument about helping these people because um now they're being attacked by the fire nation that it has has been in this um factory factory that's been polluting their water uh and they've come down and katara's like i need to save them one last time and sokka's getting upset at her and she turns to him and she's and she tells him i will never turn my back on people that need help and to me i looked at isaac too and i said that's why i love katara's character because that is her motto throughout her entire life she's never going to turn her back And she starts to walk away and Sokka tells her to wait and says, I'm going to go with you because you need me and I'm never going to turn my back on you. And it was one of those really, and even Aang is in the back crying and he's he's like, he has a heart, you know, like. And then Toph like instantly punches him. Yeah, it was one of those really sweet brother sister moments, but it was, it, it, it really, I feel like displayed their personalities really, really well in just a short amount of dialogue. Yeah, but that's kind of it for the painted lady. I understand where Katara was coming from and it was actually nice that she was able to give this entire community a change on i guess living like not just physically but mentally and understand that they have to be their own saviors and in the long run they should be trying to save the world like Sokka was talking about and um actually have a set schedule of what they're going to do to get that done um but i guess it was nice that she was able to help a community of people because mm-hmm. they were really on like literally on their deathbed <laughs> but that was that episode we're going to go on to episode four it is titled Sokka's Master this one we really don't have much to say about these episodes in general like we're saying they're kind of more filler side stories so they're not we don't really have much to say about them so i apologize is if this episode especially compared to the last few it's kind of like lackluster but this one's pretty much uh ang realize not ang Sokka realizes that he's kind of the weakest link in the avatar group mainly because he doesn't bend well weak in his eyes in his yeah in his eyes but we all know that's not true because they all depend on him for any and you realize this throughout the episode they depend on him for so much more than what he realizes and so he ends up finding this um sword master fire nation sword master that he goes to and becomes his um trainee i guess you could say and ends ends up learning the ins and outs of sword fighting um, first there's like this meteorite that hits near them and they have to like fix it, whatever. Um, this might be far-fetched theory, but I feel like UA had something to do with that. Really? I never... I don't know. I just have this feeling that UA had something to do with it. I mean... To kind of steer Sokka in the right direction because she loves him. Yeah. That's too much, but sorry, <laughs> go on. I was just saying he goes to train and it's... Me and Isaac aren't sure how long he's training for because the, the group seems to be gone without Sokka for a long time. Yeah. But he ends up training, doing well, and as a reward, when he graduates, he gets a sword. And he ends up going back to that meteor that hits in the beginning of the episode and creating his sword from the meteor, which is actually, it looks really, really cool. It's like black slated. It's so cool. Yeah, but um, the reason he was able to train with this guy and no one else was because... 
Sokka's humble. Oh. Like, at the core of his being, he is a true warrior. Yeah. He wants to learn. And um, he even tells this guy when he gets... Because, obviously, he's portrayed himself as part of the Fire Nation when he meets this man so that he'll train him. So when he's done training, the guy's presenting his sword to him and says that you're more... Like, you, you're honorable. You have earned, you know, my respect and the, and the honor you deserve. And he has to tell him he can't accept it because he's actually from uh, the Water Tribe. And um, they end up fighting against each other. But you know the Master is just fighting against him to, like, test his skill. Because even the Master, when they get done, they ask him, they're like, well, why would you train him if you knew that he wasn't from the Fire Nation? And he said, sword fighting does not belong to any one nation. Which I thought was so good. And this moment gave me goosebumps. At the end, they're walking away and Sokka has a sword. And the butler runs out to Sokka and says, hey, what's the Master's name? I can't remember it. I... I don't know. He runs out and he said, the master wants you to have this. And they open it up and it's a pie show white lotus piece. So you know that he's part of the white lotus society, but they still don't know what that is. Throughout this whole episode, Iroh is training stronger and more than ever before. Oh yeah. At the end of this episode, he's so buff. Like you're, you're thinking like, what is going to happen? I don't even remember what happens with Iroh from this point on, honestly. Yeah. So all of this is going to be new knowledge to me again, which I'm excited for. But obviously it's going to have something to do with the White Lotus. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's I, I'm excited for the next few episodes. Even if it's some more filler, it's still really exciting to see things happen. And I feel like the buildup to them fighting against the Fire Nation makes it even that much better because you're waiting for it. You're anticipating it, kind of like Christmas. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that is what we had for the beginning of Season 3, Episodes 1 through 4. And we will see you next week. Bye! Bye! Hey everyone, it is Rachel back again to share with you the giveaway that we have going on. It's going to start today, April 24th, and it will end when the last episode of our watch through is posted. In this giveaway, you can win a personalized shirt, a book, and a pop figure related to Avatar The Last Airbender. If you're interested, it is super easy to enter. All you have to do is follow us on Twitter at Let's Avatar, and then there will be a tweet on our page. All you have to do is like and retweet that tweet which will be easy to see. We're also going to include the specific tweet to like and retweet in the description box below. So if you're interested, super easy, go and participate. We would love to see the different entries we get. And this is just as a thank you for all your guys' continued support. We really do appreciate it. I hope you all have a wonderful day and I will see you next episode. Bye! Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Let's Talk Avatar. I'm Isaac. And I'm Rachel. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com. On Instagram under nonessentialmedia. On Twitter at nonessentialm. And on Facebook by searching nonessentialmedia. Join us next week for another episode of Let's Talk Avatar. We love you, baby hope.